0: All right, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm Terry Lynn here with Travis Marziani, and today we're going to talk about content ideas that can help jumpstart your blog. So Travis, uh, what's going on?
1: A couple things, actually. So since the last episode we did, I decided to start focusing a little bit more on the PR route, and I approached a really big uh, blogger in the dance space and asked them if they'd review our products, and they said, yeah, absolutely. And it was really funny because they're like, well, I'd like this item or this item or you know maybe this item or this item like if you can't send them all to me that's fine it's in my head I'm like we'll send you whatever you want just like write a review about it we're happy to give you free stuff so that was uh, one of the first really big pieces of news the second is I actually reached out to a local newspaper and it turned out, like as I was doing research on who I should reach out to, turned out I knew one of the writers there. Like it was a, a girl that I'm friends with from high school. She just happens to be writing there. So I sent her a message on Facebook and she's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like I'll talk to the higher ups and see if they're interested in the story. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I was like, hey, you know, first off, I said like, oh, it's cool to see that you're doing so well and kind of like, you know, buttered up a little bit, Talked about how great she's doing. And then I'm like... You know, I actually wanted to reach out to someone from the Signal uh, about me and my mom's business, and so I went into the pitch of like, you know, it's a, a mother and son team, and we're our pitch is basically like bringing manufacturing jobs back to the United States, and then in parentheses I said Santa Clarita specifically, and then I told her, you know, we're able to do this because we yeah. have a unique model. We offer more colors, which can't be competed with.
0: Yeah. And um, it's a local Santa Clarita paper or is it like a LA time? Uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's Santa Clarita. I mean, they don't have that much stuff to write about, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. They
0: don't, yeah, And the story doesn't just drop off like this. That's kind of interesting. It has. Yeah.
1: And we got too. in the back door too, because I'm sure if I would have sent it, she's like, oh, I'll tell my business editor about this. I'm sure if I would have sent it to the business editor, it could easily get lost in email. But, you know there's a good chance I'm not I'm not saying it's for sure yet but it's a good chance it will happen well it's the population of Santa Clara I don't see
0: much happening there for the business editor to not write about this too
1: yeah there I mean the population is decent size I I don't know the exact numbers but it's not like a small little hick town but at the same time yeah it's it's small enough where this is the kind of story that I would see in the paper for sure exactly all right cool so for me uh, I guess I've been working
0: on the blog for of Leather. so kind of restarting this, and this episode kind of was a primer as I was thinking about, all right, so I got a blank WordPress site on a subdomain. Uh, What do I do with this now? And I was thinking, all right, what are some articles I can start with? So this is kind of uh, a primer to that list, I guess, and kind of it helped me brainstorm a little bit, and if you're looking to start a blog for your store too, this will give you some ideas, hopefully, that'll help you out. So let's just get into it then. So I guess
1: number one, Uh, is a buyer's guide. So uh, what's this considered? So uh, actually I think you're more of the expert on the buyer's guide, but I know our friend over uh, at Right Channel Radios, Andrew Udarian, this is one of the big things he used to leverage to get signups, to get email signups, and also just as general information. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in general buyer's guide is just helping you figure out, helping the reader figure out what item they should buy. Yeah, so this
0: doesn't really apply to me because wallets are kind of basic in a sense that if if you're buying a boat motor versus a surfboard versus like a wallet, like the wallet product is much more simple than like a motor. Like if you're buying a car, like the engines, the valves, whatever, if you want to customize it, there's some people that can go really into this stuff, right? So I I think the biggest example is also, if you look at like tech blogs, like a non-tech or uh, kind of these PC gear hardware blogs, they always do like really in-depth reviews. And every year they have like, hey, here's a 2015 buyer's guide, for the best PC you want. Like here's what you get on the market, here's the parts you need, and the, here's like where you can get it for the best price. And this stuff is super cool because um, it, it's not really pitchy, it's just like, hey, here's what's on the market, here's what's the reviews, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's what's good for your starter if you're advanced, intermediate. And then, oh, by the way, here's the link, Like there you
1: go. I feel like a buyer's guide's a little bit better if you're like an Amazon or a Best Buy, where you can say, hey, here's all the different products we offer you know, we're gonna help you find the right one. Where if I write a buyer's guide for B Dancewear, it's gonna be like, here are our competitors, or I guess I could do a buyer's guide of like, how to buy the right shorts and fabric and color or something of that nature, but it's not gonna be quite as comprehensive. Yeah,
0: or it could be like, you know, what, what are the different fabrics and how do they affect you when you wear them? Like, do they stick to your legs or whatever? Do they get stinky or, whatever? right? Yeah, and so like, there, we have one of our listeners, Derek, who runs a surf shop. so like, hey, you know, when should someone pick a longboard Like what size of the board should you pick, and you know what kind of accessories do you need as a beginner? You know what type of wave should you go for? Like locations, like there's a lot of stuff you can. Like I feel like the more technical the space you're in, the more you can kind of add uh, value to this angle as a buyer's guide too.
1: Yeah, you know something I was thinking as you were talking too is it'd be really cool as a post. Not so much. I don't know if I'd opt in as an email, but like if you did a buyer's guide on wallets and kind of talk about the different quality of leather and like why it's worth spending more money and, you know, the different styles. Cause I've had the same, you know, what do you call it? Like the buy full typical wallet forever. And I don't really, I don't really know why, what's the advantage of doing like a slim wallet. And that would be something I'd read. I don't know if I'd give my email for it, but I definitely would read it if someone sent yeah. it to me. Well, you
0: should, I think you should put it on for free because you'll get the SEO juice too. Cause there's probably people looking for this guide that just want to know it, but they're not ready to buy it too. So it's a good way to get your foot in the door. Yeah. All right, so number two, uh, Roundup post. This is kind of your expertise because you did this for B Dance and kind of in a very ninja
1: SEO way, right? I love the Roundup <laughs> post, and it's actually – I looked through what has worked the best for us in the last year, trying to like get that 80-20. Roundup post, the top 50 dance studios we did article, was just dramatically by far, not only was it the best post in terms of the most views, um, probably by like 100 times more than the next one below it. But on top of that, after we released that article, our SEO numbers went up double from that point forward. Continuously. So the roundup post is something I love for multiple reasons. One, it uses a little bit of the smart spotlight marketing tactic if you do it properly, where you highlight the top 10. Let's say, you know, top 10 dance blogs is another one I want to do soon. So let's say I did the top 10 dance blogs. Then I tell all of them, hey, uh, you made it to our top 10 list. And what do they do? They add a link to their website. They tweet it. They add it to Facebook, Instagram, whatever. They tell all their listeners and or readers. And then all their readers want to come over to our blog to read about the other great dance blogs. Plus, it has permanent SEO juice if you do it properly. And so my goal is with the top dance blogs is that from that point forward, we'll be number one for SEO of best dance blog. Yeah, and if you look at like Forbes,
0: Inc., they always do these like internet marketer type of, I like, oh, like 10 tips from 10 people, right? And the idea is to just build off people's audiences. And I think like internet marketer, business advice, podcasting space, has way overdone. But if you go to like some random niche, like security cameras or boat motors, they're probably so spacey that because no one really sees that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, and like you know, using the boat motors example, uh, there's probably a few people in the field that actually have a decent Twitter following or a decent blog following, whatever, like it maybe a decent YouTube following. And if you highlight them and spread the word, I definitely see, you'll get all that social media and all those links, I know Google tracks those and it helps rank your website and your post higher up. Yeah, not to mention that it also gives you a good door in to building
0: a relationship because you're like, hey, I think you're awesome, you're on my list. Versus like, hey, do you want to me to do a guest post or can you write about my product? I think, well, why should I write about you? Right, You're already saying that they're awesome first. So you're preempting that kind of counter. Absolutely.
1: It's a great uh, little ninja spotlight marketing slash roundup post tactic. Yeah, already. So third one is uh, informational, how to use our products. So this is a little bit different than the
0: buyer's guide. So the buyer's guide would be You know, if you're very in a very technical space, you know, how do you get started? Informational was more like, all right, so you have a product. Here's how you can kind of make the most. Yeah. So the one I had in mind was uh, Adora Live. Um, She was this lady Anne Marie. I had her on the podcast, I think, like almost a year, two years ago. Wow, this podcast is pretty old. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so she uh, runs a online sex toy shop, and basically every week she would do a YouTube video. I like, oh, here's, you know, this dildo or here's this butt plug. And then, you know, it's made out of whatever silicone, um, you know, the size of this. And she would do like a product review slash informational thing. And then basically that was her blog strategy to uh, drive traffic. And then basically she had this video series and then it became, you know, different types of product categories. And then she'd be, hey, by the way, go to my store. You know adoralive.com and uh, here you go
1: and that's the same thing i'm trying to do with our youtube channel is seven ways to diy your dance costume and we're planning on doing an entire series and actually turning it into an ebook about how to use our products to make really cool dance yeah, i think costumes. there's a difference too where if you're selling a commoditized product uh it can a little
0: differentiate you because you're putting more effort into showing how it's different uh, whereas if you own your own production there's even More leverage points you can take this because you're making your own product. You're almost adding more value onto what it's already doing. Like you're giving them more perception than what they know,
1: too. Yeah, I also see it as expanding our demographic and our, our market because, you know, previously I felt like our market was people looking for basic pieces of dance clothing. Now we're expanding it to not only people looking for basic pieces of dance clothing, but people looking for those and dance costumes. And I think we'll actually replace my kind of goal is to be able to replace the people that spend you know 150 dollars on a custom dance costume it's like no 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 don't do that just buy our basic pieces and do it yourself so it's expanding the marketplace exactly. if you
0: have this control of your manufacturing there's more stuff you can do uh, also and i feel like when you have this kind of content and if you get interactions with your audience, you can figure
1: out what the next product is too, and get. We some actually, more. yeah, we had someone that left a comment like, "Oh, you know, how come you don't sell rhinestones?" Or actually, no, this is what they said: "Do you know where I could buy some good rhinestones?" And that's something we've been thinking about carrying for a while. And it's like, actually, yeah, we're gonna start selling them. So it kind of gives you good feedback in that sort of yeah, way too. Exactly. All right, so number
0: four, uh, Kickstarter feature. This one's a little one I stumbled upon. As an experiment, when I started this blog like two weeks ago, so so one thing I realized uh, when you do a Kickstarter, you always want more backers, right? So one thing to do is if you're selling a kind of complementary product, uh, you could just do a feature of a current live project and be like, hey. know i wrote about your new project i think it's awesome you know here's the link to it and uh it'd be awesome if you can share it it can help you you know get more eyeballs and then usually they'll be really grateful i did it for like three people and and 100 percent are like yes thank you and one of them was like hey you know let me know your address when you're back in the u.s i'll send you a free product um when you're back and i was like oh cool like (laughs) i just did this as an experiment and then i guess you know it's like spotlight marketing right you give them more eyeballs and then they'll reciprocate with something else too so I think the cool thing is that um, since their campaigns are live there's more of an urgency thing um, as they're kind of trying to get momentum so when you can just dip into that too versus some store that's been around like 20 years they probably won't care as much uh, when you do this article on them too
1: yeah no absolutely I think when those people get a little bit of good press it's like wow you know we've all been there when you're first starting something out when someone reaches out to you and says hey I like what you're doing it means so much and you know, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm getting too many of those emails. So anybody listening, if you wanna say a little uh, thank you or tell us a little bit about your store, send us an email. Yeah. already. so uh,
0: the next one, uh, how products are made in manufacturing. So this one I have on my store actually, but I think some of those are better is uh, Saddleback Leather. So they're one of like the legendary leather companies on the internet. I think they started in like 1990s. Uh, this guy, Dave, that lives in Mexico and he makes these kind of bags and I think I think briefcases, briefcase folios. Um, for a company called Saddleback Leather, And he has a very cool video of uh, how to knock off one of his bags. I'll link to it. So basically, he made like a 12-minute video of how you can take his exact bag and make like a knockoff, how to like, you know, cheapen the materials, how to kind of find uh, the right stuff where you can cut corners. And it's really interesting because it was really like ironic angle or satire angle. And throughout the process, as he talks about how to find cheaper stuff to make his same bag you're like oh you realize how much work goes into his bag in a very counterintuitive way
1: interesting so he's the entire time he's trying to tell you how to make a cheap bag but he sells quality bags that
0: yeah he's like here's my bag here's a knockoff and i'm gonna tell you how to knock it off so you can stop making mistakes so he's basically poking fun at people copying him he's like hey here's the leather you can choose here's the five types just choose the cheapest type here's why it's cheap blah 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 and here's how you can cut corners because you can use smaller pieces so you don't have to cut bigger parts of the hide and then like, you know, cut corners on this zipper use a fake button here and there. And it's kind of interesting because you're like, oh, he's talking about how exactly his bag is made. And he has like factory footage too, right? Of what's going on. And then at the same time, he's poking fun of people that are copying him too. So that is pretty interesting. I like that. I think this stuff is all people want to know. It's like when you watch a movie like the matrix, like, wow, how did they do that scene? And then you see like behind the scenes, you're like, whoa, this is so cool and things like that. Yeah. So I think every business, if you have like behind the scenes stuff, It's always, you know, people enjoy seeing this. And maybe they're not be ready to buy, but at least, you know, you've built this connection with them when you're willing to show them what's going
1: on. Yeah, I think that works really well for him. But, like, I imagine, I don't know if it would work quite as well with, like, our dance clothing because it's pretty boring. You know, it's, it's sure, there's, I guess if we did it in a really cool way. Yeah, I guess we could do it in a really cool way. And, like, show. No, you could say, like, hey, we have, you could say, like, hey, we have 200
0: colors and then show, like, hey, here's our warehouse. And then here's how we take a garment from fabric into design into shipping it to your door
1: and I guess we could also highlight and kind of poke fun at our competitors and be like you know like here's an American just like you who's we're who paying a good wage and uh, you know cut to like a factory in China kind of thing showing a bunch of like masks down it's like yeah we could save a lot of money if we did it that way but we choose not to you know
0: yeah exactly you ever see that one Dave Chappelle skit at the MTV Cribs and he has a sweatshop in his house making shoes for him <laughs> that's real. I want mean, to link to that too because it's really funny And Dave Chappelle uh, is the man too So, Which kind of goes into the next point uh, You can go the entertainment route for a blog But it's really tricky Because I think comedy is a very fine art That you may think you're funny Your friends might think you're funny But someone on the internet might take it the wrong way
1: And Do you um, have any examples of smaller funny. brands that do this? Because I have some big brands that I know that do this But I can't think of any small brands I guess one is... Um, the guy that you introduced me to, what's that guy's name with the uh, the the guy that's like really jacked and always has those goofy videos, oh, Mike uh, and Gian Bro Science Life? Yeah, yeah, so if you yeah look at Bro the, Science Life. Yeah,
0: if you look at the YouTube channel, Bro Science Life, it's like a workout parody channel where this guy is like a you know really jacked gym bro and he has this New Jersey Italian accent and he's just talking about working out, eating protein shakes. Like The thing is that stuff, that level of comedy, it can really come off as douchey too, right?
1: Yeah, but I think I, it worked for him because he started that first and then he transitioned into selling products. The, the other examples I thought of were, and I was actually looking at their Twitter right before we were talking, is Taco Bell and uh, what's the right guard? Like they do really just funny things and it, it's kind of nonsensical, but it's like, oh, they're hilarious. Yeah, but you remember like the Old Spice commercials in like the early 2000s? But that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, like, that's stuff Old was Spice. really cool,
0: right? But, like how do you pull off that? thing is such a fast pace like you need a whole team of writers and everything too and and maybe you know as a listener you're just talented in comedy maybe we're just underestimating but i feel like this is like if it can be pulled off it can work really well or it could backfire it's like a really high risk high reward type of
1: approach i guess it, it might work if you can poke fun at a niche like that's what the bro science guy does he really well is he's like hey not only am I going to sell to people that lift, but I'm going to make fun of them at the same time and kind of highlight all the little like funny things that the lifting world has to offer. Yeah. And what he does is like really
0: on point, like the way he understands gym culture. Like I guess it comes down to like how well do you understand what market you're running to essentially.
1: Yeah. I think that I obviously don't know enough about it, but like potentially we could do like comedy stuff on dance and like, Oh, you know, dance, dance mom problems and do like short little videos or short little tweets and posts uh except that sounds completely awful to me so that's not something i'm going to try to tell we could do like top 10 dance team fails or something yeah. like
0: that right and then have like animated gifts but then like
1: oh my gosh you know
0: do people do people want to be called out that they were a fail i don't know that's something you gotta that might be out. a little
1: too harsh like i think it, it's funny if you uh can kind of make fun of it without like showing the people failing otherwise i feel like that's a little mean yeah, exactly. But I feel like if you
0: can if you can nail this down, it's a really really big advantage. You can do content wise. Just that I mean I haven't figured it out, but you know there are some brands out there that are doing this too. So I guess enough for this one. Uh, next one: uh, checklist tools and resources.
1: So the a packing list is one of the first things that I thought of with the checklist, and it works really well. I believe, and I could be wrong, but um, a friend of mine, a listener of the show, Christy from Encircled, I believe that she actually used a packing list. To get email signups, and I've had a couple other friends that do exactly the same thing. They use a packing list of so like, "Oh, you're gonna go on this big, you know, trip. Make sure you sign up for our packing slip or packing list or whatever." And I think, in general, I like the idea of checklists because I actually make myself checklists all the time. Like, I just recently printed out a checklist for, um, you know, before I film. So I have a checklist before I film YouTube videos, I should say, uh, before I. Actually, even for my nightly routine, I made a checklist to make sure that I have everything set up for like an optimal experience in the morning, which is like, you know, getting my tea ready. So in the morning, I can just click a button and it heats up and little stupid things like that. So I think if you can transition the checklist, tools, resources, and actually, checklist, tools, and resources should almost be separate ones, but specifically, checklist, if you can kind of transition that into something that people do and they want like a simple solution that they can be able to check off then it can work really well
0: it's something they do repetitively like traveling um you know making videos whatever going dance surfing. maybe like
1: you know uh yeah it's surfing like uh 10 things to make sure you have before your next surf trip yeah or it's like if you're dancing like 10
0: stretches to do before think before you dance or something like that too
1: Ten, ten, ten 10 things to make sure you get done before your next dance competition to ensure you're number one. That's not a that's not a great title, but you know something of that nature. Yeah, there was a really cool
0: one I saw. It was um, how to pack like ten shirts, five shoes, six pants into like a carry on by I was like by this flight attendant and showing you how to like pack your clothes in the most efficient way. It's basically by rolling everything up in like a towel and then you just kind of stack it like that. It's like, apparently like ways that it takes the least amount of space and like kind of empty air. It's kind of interesting too. So stuff like that. It's always like cool stuff you can have in your blog. And it's kind of uh, evergreen content, which means that once it's there, it doesn't have to be updated. It's not like a 2015 list. You got to go back next year and update it get to. So once it's there, it's always there. It's got long-term SEO value and things like that.
1: Well, the tools is another one. You had all those kind of lumped in together, but I think tools is really great. Like I know that one of the best uh, podcasts we've had was the tools episode and we're humans. I think the definition of human includes the ability to use tools and it's what separates us from other species. So if you can tell your readers, hey, here's seven tools that are going to make your life easier. Everyone likes that. Everyone's like, what? There's things out there, tools that can just make my life easier. That sounds awesome. So I think that's another great post to do. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And also going on the tools, like resources is the same thing too. Right? Like you're a dancer. Hey, here, here's top 10 dance books. That'll help you increase, you know, your craft or something like that, right? Or if you're like a, you know, like if you're selling jewelry, like, hey, top ten books on, you know, pearls or whatever, uh, that might be useful. I mean, I don't know, if, I don't know if people read books on pearls, but, you know. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. I think I haven't seen. Have you seen people do the resources, guide?
0: I think it depends on what niche. If it's like a very technical thing, yeah. If it's like, say, uh, you're buying like a car or some of like that, and you need and you want to fix it up you need like t- some more
1: background knowledge to get started. There's definitely resources. I would I mean I guess I'd definitely read a post if it was like Tim Ferriss's top 10 books to success or something like that. I'd read it. Uh, I might even sign up for an email offer of something like that. So if it yeah, definitely if you're in the knowledge space, I feel like a resources list and then you're kind of it's pretty easy to write because it's like, "Hey, I'm going to talk about 10 books or 10, you know, documentaries that will help you do something better." And it's like you just kind of get to talk about things you enjoy watching or reading.
0: Yeah, but I think like for most e-commerce stores, checklist or tools is probably the most common one. Resources depends on your niche. Uh, so if it's more B two B, probably resources will make more sense.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, and I, I think once again, though, it depends because like I could do top ten resources on increasing your dance technique, but I, I don't think I could do that as like a email sign up necessarily, but definitely as like a blog post. Yeah, exactly.
0: Alrighty, sense. So that's it for this episode. Uh, kind of ways to jumpstart your blog content. Uh, you can do a buyer's guide, uh, roundup post, uh, kind of informational how to use our products post, uh, feature other crowdfunding campaigns when they need eyeballs, uh, behind the scenes how our products are made. Uh, you can go the entertainment route or checklist tools and resources. So hopefully, if you're looking to start a blog for your store, uh, these ways to kind of jumpstart your content and Put something on there before you do something more advanced like uh, spotlight marketing. Whereas, kind of our product on interviewing your customers. Uh, if you want to get a copy of that, buildmyanswer.com, and just click the spotlight marketing button, and we'll see you guys next week. See
1: you guys next week.